Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I got a haircut recently, and I'm feeling a little self-conscious about it. I'm waiting to see if it's a good haircut or a bad haircut. I'm in the twilight of a new haircut, if you know what I mean. That's um, true, because you can't tell whether a haircut's good until like a day or two in. Well, maybe yeah. a little bit more than that, maybe three or four days. Yeah, no, I, I, I like to give my haircuts a week before I decide if it's a success or not. Who are you? I'm Lou Bailey, and I gave my last haircut seven years we, to see if it's settled in. Here we go. Here, here comes the haircut anecdote once again. Okay, let's get into the show. Welcome to the show. This week, we are finally following through with an idea we had on a previous episode because I was inundated with messages from listeners telling me that they were fairly sure we hadn't talked about Primitive Living YouTube channels before. We did also have some that thought we did, which was deeply confusing. I, From what I understand, the confusion is this. I think we may have made references to Primitive Living YouTube channels in the past, but also... I have done multiple Twitch streams about Primitive Living YouTube okay. channels because I love Primitive Living YouTube channels. So I think some wires have been crossed in the in the content economy that is Ryan Broderick. And so I felt like we had covered them, but we never did. So we're going to cover them. All right. That sounds uh, um, good, I guess. We have two small segments to get to first. Do you want to do the new segment first or the old segment first? Let's do the old segment first. Hey, Luke, how was the internet this week? Ooh. The internet this week has been more relaxed than I would have expected. It's not relaxed, like it's never relaxed, but it has felt slightly more relaxed than I would have expected. I I agree. I feel like... There's sort of like a a new year, new vibe, cleaning out the closet kind of kind of attitude. I, that may be due to all of the Joss Whedon related content that's been circulating, but it feels very yeah. much to me like, all right, let's let's kind of throw out all the baggage and and get to square one again. Yeah, well, I think it's it's because everyone feels like extremely intense about, for example, uh, Omicron. And now Omicron, we've kind of settled to a point where it's like, oh, it's actually not as bad as we thought. Like, the US is in a slightly different place. I understand other countries are in a different place. But the UK is, like, on the downslope now. Right. Which is kind of remarkable. So I think, but I think also everyone had kind of, like, set their heads up for January is going to be nasty. And I think actually in all countries, people have set themselves up for January is going to be nasty. And January, it turns out, is just bad. And so that gap has made everyone feel like we're doing very well. When in reality, everyone's doing very badly but which is better than expected. I have a specific American Omicron theory. Okay. Uh, so most Americans, particularly the kind of Americans that would be Twitter power users, take approximately 12 days off a year. Really. <laughs> sure. 
Which is healthy. You should never you should never be away from Twitter for more than twelve days a year. I agree. Oh, I didn't say they took time off from Twitter. I mean they took time off oh. from their jobs. They're still right. on Twitter. Okay, sure. Okay, good. That's that's yeah. that makes sense. That's healthy. Yeah. So these people are also the people who take about six of those days off between December twenty third and uh January second, let's say. Right. And I think okay. this year a large majority of these exact people all either quietly or not so quietly got Omicron. And so essentially, like the entire Twitter class of the American internet is just a zombie right now because none of them have actually had a vacation. They've just had to like suffer through Omicron and then go back to work. That's my theory. I buy that. I buy that. And, and obviously the, the spirit of like 11 people in America is what defines how well the world is doing and particularly how the internet is doing. Um, so yeah, I think that that adds up. I mean, I'm judging that on the fact that many people that I sort of deal with on a professional basis all vanished for about 13.5 days. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I've always had a like a low-level theory about, about years that everyone takes a surprising amount of time. Basically... The, the, how bad the previous year was defines how quickly everyone gets started in January. Like, if it was a good year, everyone hits it January the 2nd, we're off. And this year has not felt like that. It has felt like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is still happening. Um, so that's interesting. I want to, I want to peel back that onion for a second here. So 2019, I feel like everybody left 2019 with a lot of pep in their step. Because everyone was like, this is going to be Trump's last year. Let's go. And I know me, I was partying like a maniac. Uh, you know, I very famously took a train across China on December 8th, 2019. And I was ready to take on the world in 2020. And that did not happen. In fact, I would say the world took me on in 2020. <laughs> you are in many ways the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. But then in 2021, I feel like... It was kind of a shaky beginning of the year, but it turned out to be a pretty good year. And I ended 2021 on like a, you know, feeling pretty strong and good. And now I, I feel like I have more wobbly footing in 2022 than I thought I would. That's my personal experience. Yeah, I think that that sounds right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's just been really, really tricky. And I think that, yeah, that's basically where everyone's ended up. Like I remember at our live event right before, you know, you stood up on stage before the audience has shown up and you yelled, COVID will never stop us from doing regular live events. <laughs> I remember you said, you said to me, you said, Ryan, as you are my witness, there will be no more variants of COVID that will ever impact our ability to regularly do live events. And I said, Luke, I think you're right. So, you know, that was our energy yeah. going into 2022. And we were, and we were correct. And we were correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly the energy, but you know, it worked out. It's all good. Yeah, that's right. As we said last week, COVID is over. Luke, how is crypto this week? Please, please, please don't buy an NFT. Please, please, please don't buy an NFT. Please, please, please don't buy it. 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 Ooh, how is crypto this week? Crypto is... Uh, By the way, if for people listening, this is our new segment, which we'll be doing until we lose interest. But I think, I think we got to start 
we got to start addressing this. So, Luke, how was crypto this week? Please, please, please don't buy an NFT. I mean, crypto's recently started to get quite bad. Uh, <laughs> up to now, it's up to now it's been good. But like, okay, so <laughs> kind of the reason I suggested we do this segment was that something you suggest that well, we want to talk about afterwards, but something that I also that also happened today, which was that Mastercard is now finding a way to basically integrate real currency with crypto and make converting real currency to crypto much easier are you talking about the coinbase nft marketplace that is working with mastercard that is the that is exactly what i'm talking about okay and yeah. i keep waiting for kind of the moment basically i'm waiting for the moment that in you know in the big short where he's talking to the stripper and the stripper says she has five houses on five with five mortgages yes and it's the moment that he goes like oh it's a bubble like i'm waiting for that moment and I think this might be it. I thought that some pension funds got involved the other week and they were like, hey, we're going to start doing some crypto stuff. It's like, that feels bad. But it's the moment where it's like the world economy gets tied into this nonsense bubble. And when that happens, everything's going to go very, very badly. Maybe not immediately, but it's like the moment when you can tell that it's going to happen. Okay, so I have a little bit more for you in that vein, actually. Uh so there was a very interesting CoinDesk. There was a very interesting CoinDesk article that uh, came out uh, on January seventeenth. So it was covering a Fidelity Digital Assets report that said that countries that secure some Bitcoin today will be better off than their peers, and it has kicked off like a whole narrative of like country level Bitcoin adoption first adopters so if you're really worried about institutions getting tangled up in a speculative digital currency uh well it is happening or at least uh there are institutions trying to pressure countries into doing just that the two countries that are kind of the biggest players in this right now seem to be the very stable democracies of el salvador and turkey oh turkey's a new one obviously el salvador's done it's like weird millennial the millennial dictator thing, which is a sure is a thing. I did not realize Turkey was so involved. Well, uh, the thing that's causing like a massive surge in crypto investment in Turkey is the fact that the lira is just like absolute dog shit. Um, and so, yeah, that, Erdogan, that is the first time that has been the case. Right. I mean, <laughs> um, but in December, uh, Turkey's president uh, Erdogan sent a law to the country's parliament that going to regulate cryptocurrency in some capacity but it was stressed that the law like they weren't gonna like inhibit it it's just like the turkish basically the turkish government's trying to get in on something to do with cryptocurrency in in the country i mean that's yeah that seems that seems and i believe i read that turkey and el salvador are having conversations about how this will work okay yeah i mean yeah i think Ah, I found it. I found it. I found it. So Panama, Paraguay, and Turkey are all sort of flirting with the El Salvador Bitcoin model, which, you know, all countries with very stable economies that should absolutely be fucking around with uh, speculative digital assets. <laughs> I mean, in the, in many ways, I'd rather they did it than unstable economies. Like Turkey or El Salvador and many other economies are kind of priced into them going going over, going up, or cratering. 
it would be mu- worry me much more if like France did. Actually, no, that's not a good example. Germany did it. Uh, See, but then what if Germany did it and everyone's like, oh, I guess it's stable enough that Germany's doing it. Yeah, then everyone gets in and then it goes horribly wrong. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to start sending you YouTube channels because this is a really interesting rabbit hole and I sort of half know the answer to this, but I'm kind of excited to to tease this out. So first, this is a YouTube channel called Primitive Technology. And when people talk about primitive living YouTube channels, this is the main one. And this one is pretty clear who who's behind it. What's the deal? It's a guy named John Plant, which is an excellent name for a man who uh, makes video content in the dirt. <laughs> you can you can tell that on the basis that he has a banner uh, linking to his book, Primitive Technology, by John Plant. That's right. That's how you know that Primitive Technology is by John Plant. Oh, my God. He has 999 million views. Yeah, he's, no. He's 750,000 views short of, of a billion. Yeah, this dude, this dude is extremely popular. And his videos are great. Uh, he d- he didn't actually make that many, which is even crazier. He made like, I don't know, like 20 videos that all have over 10 million views or something crazy like that. And his videos are great. He just like makes shit in the woods uh, with like no tools. Um, he's from Australia. He uh, and he uh, and he's kind of like the main guy that everybody thinks of when they think of primitive living. I like that the email context for his is his channel is uh, like a his talent agent. In LA. Well, why wouldn't it be? You know? Yeah, it makes sense. It's good. Makes sense. Yeah, totally legit. He's not who we're talking about this week. He, we're talking about a couple channels that have popped up to imitate him. And the one that I first came across is a channel that I, I absolutely love. And the stuff they build is totally wild. And they are called Jungle Survival. Okay. So they, t- they take the same idea as John Plant, but the stuff they're building... I'm not sure how real it all is, but it's absolutely crazy. You have probably seen this, which is, I think the most fascinating thing about this is that the original primitive technology guy was building, what's the best way to put it? Um, Huts. Yeah, he was building huts. He was doing a kind of like, hey, here's how you theoretically could do this. Right. It was not like impressive. It was just like, here's how you build like a shelter to not die if you get lost in the woods or something. Yeah, whereas some sample titles of this uh, this channel uh, build water slides into round sw- underground swing- swimming pool. Uh, right. Build the most artistic villa house. Right. Build the most beautiful house villa using bamboo. So it is very much kind of like we are building luxury things with using primitive technology and i'm using heavy quote marks on this as as we kind of are with all of this because i'm not confident of water slides being primitive technology in any way (laughs) yes exactly uh but i do love watching them like i i if you've never seen this channel it's youtube.com slash jungle survival it's amazing uh and they build like underground tunnels with like sconces and like cool 
I mean, they build a lot of underground tunnels that you can swim in. That's like their main thing. And that guy will like watching them, you know? And part of me thinks most of it's real, or at least like enough of it's real to be impressive, because a lot of it's just sped up, uncut footage of them doing it. I don't, I don't think it's, I, I mean, it depends what you mean by real. Like, this is always <laughs> the thing we get to in the internet. Internet is like, I think that broadly speaking, it is mostly real. There's probably an additional kind of like, they have some some poles driven in here, there, and uh, here and there, which they don't show for like support and stuff like that. But it is mostly real. The point is, that it won't last. Like they do all this stuff in like a few days, and it doesn't rain. But like the first good rain, all of this is falling apart. Of course, I mean it's like it's for it's it's like the the YouTube recipe video of primitive living. That food is not meant yeah. to be eaten. It's meant to be watched on Facebook. So here's another channel. This is called Primitive Survival Tool. Once again, it's got about 6 million subscribers, and they're building stuff like a swimming pool villa or a uh, secret underground waterway. These guys, these guys really like above-ground buildings. Like they like underground things, but they also have a lot of above-ground buildings that involve That's right. ever so slightly changing the, constru- the, the, the shape of the bamboo that they use, essentially. Yeah. So primitive survival tool, yeah, they're doing above ground pools. They're also doing obviously you got to do the underground waterways because that's what I want to see. Because I really do just want to see people build underground swimming pools. That's literally like all I want to watch. See, I, so see, I prefer the the above ground stuff. Really, I find the uh, I, I don't even want to look at the above ground stuff. No, because like if you have like if you have good clay soil, you can just cut it out and you're done. Like, sure, fine, you, like, fill it with water and put some pretty things in there, but it's, that's basically what you're doing. I think the construction of actually building something up using bamboo is more impressive. So one one interesting innovation here that I will, I will give them as an above-ground uh, construction thing is kind of cool is that Primitive Survival Tool, they do multi-part videos where they build, like, whole areas. So they did, like, a two-story jungle villa in one video, and then they built, like, a pool there in the next video and then in the third video they put it all together and then decorated it okay so something for both of us then that's good yeah so it's cool anyway so so jungle survival the first one we talked about is five million subscribers primitive survival tool is six million subscribers and then we've got another one here which is tube unique wilderness which is six million subscribers and tube unique wilderness is another one that's like very into building uh like crazy swimming pools basically another crazy swimming pool one although this one also seems to really like building pool tables out of clay they do that like a lot okay weirdly so i mean this is what's kind of so fascinating about this is that they don't the people doing these these channels are much less interested in i guess building practical living spaces or building anything than just being like hey we built a pool and it's like cool i guess so there's one video I gotta I gotta mention it because it's just unbelievable. It's got 63 million views and I've watched it several times. It's 15 minutes long. It's called "Build the Most Secret," <laughs> "Build the Most Secret Ancient Underground Temple and Swimming Pool," and it's fucking wild. They okay, build. I have, I have I have comments about their definition of ancient, but okay. I mean, all of this is algorithmic nonsense, but these guys build the coolest, most secret. Most ancient underground swimming pool I've ever seen. It is, it is awesome. 
And the, if you want, if you want to see it, you can skip to the the thirteen and a half minute mark, and they're just swimming in this underground swimming pool that is secret and ancient. It is. I mean, it is impressive. I will give. It, I, I, I I'm not saying that this stuff isn't impressive. <laughs> it, it clearly is. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. It's clearly impressive. It's extremely impressive. So I did come across one other channel that like doesn't really fit here, but I do f- think it's curious. So I wanted to highlight it. It's called Primitive Creative. Uh, and it's and it's a DIY top down video origami channel. Oh, but it it did start as a primitive technology channel, and it was hosting uh, a lot of the same videos or if or similar videos to the other primitive living channels. So they were doing like how to grill eggs in the dirt and how to build a grass roof hut, uh, and then. Or how to build a gym uh, in the woods. And then they, they, they pivoted into origami. Sure. I mean, as we all do. One day you're building a toilet. The next you're like, let's just, let's just put some paper together. That's it. Sometimes you just got... You, well, you have to roll with what people want out of the content, right? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, so, okay. So, so here's the thing. So here, here's the whole thing here. I have spent a while trying to figure out like, who these people are, where these videos are being filmed. And I think, I think all of these channels are run by the same network. And I'm pretty oh. sure that network is based in Cambodia. Okay, so I think something to point out here is that the first of these channels, Primitive Technology, is like, it is Australian. It's a totally different thing. That guy's a totally different thing. So I wanted to bring him up only so that everybody listening to this is like, do you mean the Australian guy? No, we're not talking about the Australian guy. We're talking about the other channels. Yeah, and I think the thing that differentiates the rest from that original one is that this that that guy is a a white Australian guy, and the others are people who are not white guys uh, living in somewhere in, again, Cambodia sounds right. It looks like Cambodia. But it, and it's it's relatively you know if it was if it was Thailand I, I I'll be honest I would not be able to tell the difference from looking at the surrounding jungle um, but yeah and I do think that is a definitely kind of like an element of it that all of this stuff they are completely silent they say nothing and they are just sort of the these kind of ciphers in the video which I think is very very strange but also has an impact on how they are consumed on 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 YouTube I and and I'm trying I've been trying to figure out like. Are like, is this a thing where one guy in Cambodia figured out that this was a really good way to build a YouTube channel and then it inspired similar creators? Are they in touch with each other? Like, how does this network work? So here's, here's one guy. Uh, I know this guy's from Cambodia because he was, he was, uh, spotlighted by a website called Guidesify Singapore, who, uh, did a like whole profile kind of blog post on his videos. Um, and his name is Mr. Hyang. And he also has 5 million subscribers, 4.5 million subscribers. And he does primitive living videos, uh, mainly focusing, uh, once again, on swimming pools. Although he does do a couple very cool above-ground houses, like treehouse stuff. Okay. So, and you think this guy ha- owns all of them? I, I don't know. That's what I've been trying to figure out. Um, because they all have very similar subscriber amounts. They all do extremely 
similar content, and they appear to all be kind of coming from a similar part of the world. And what I can't figure out is, like, how connected they are. Well, I have just found a guy. Yeah, so Primitive Survival Tool, which is one of the bigger ones, like 6 million subscribers, uh, is run by a guy called Defeth Rosa. And he also runs a channel called Survival Wild, which is the exact same thing. Interesting. So this guy definitely runs two of them. Sorry, this is the his other channel. And according to uh, several news articles, actually, Primitive Survival Tool is also based in Cambodia. Okay, that makes sense. Now they're all they're all officially located in Singapore, which kind of makes sense because I assume that's where like their money needs to live. Maybe I don't know, but what I'm fa- I'm I'm fascinated by. I, I, what I can't figure out is like, is it more interesting if they aren't working together and aren't a network, or is it interesting if they are? You know, like, like they all seem to be. So if you go to Tube Unique Wildernesses uh, Facebook page, they're in Thailand. They say they're based red, uh, yeah, in in like south of Bangkok. Possible. Um, the page manager location for the Facebook page says based in Thailand. Which is interesting. Um, I I just I I would love to know like I guess what's what's super crazy to me is like they're taking this like very rustic this very like authentic feeling like primitive living idea but they're clearly optimizing like as hard as any other form of creator like they're all figuring out the same tropes that do well within f- YouTube's recommendations. I mean I think that they're they're, they're definitely figuring out the same. I mean, yeah, it's the same tropes, clearly the same tropes. We can tell that. I think what's more weird about it is that they are, <laughs> like, it, it, it's billed as this primitive thing. It's billed as, oh, like, like this. I hate talking about the elements of this I really dislike talking about because there is, like, very, there is a very clear racial element of what they're doing. Like, I do not think that their pages are primarily being consumed by people in Cambodia and Thailand and stuff. It is being consumed by people in the West. Um, and there is something of the kind of, it has a kind of a noble savage element. I think that's why it works. I think that's what they're playing into and they're exploiting like really effectively. Uh, and they're, they're doing that effectively because they have the internet and they understand how to do this stuff, which obviously like most people do, even in like, even in countries like this, like, Everyone, most people in Cambodia have internet, as far as I know. Most Singapore obviously does. Thailand's very good on the internet. Like all these places, like work, but they are then making out as though they don't in order to essentially trick Western people into believing that they are that. Which I, I, it's fascinating. It, it's really interesting, and they're doing very well at it. So yeah, it is interesting. I I'm trying to find more about the the. Like the the business name, the business email attached to Primitive Survival Tool, which interestingly enough, Primitive Survival Tool also lists Bangkok as where their uh, Facebook is based. Interesting. Okay, there's everything. I think what the feel that I'm getting from this, because I've been to a few different places, and and some of these really link up. So survival skills, primitive jungle survival, primitive technology build. Uh, primitive survival skills and brave survival life all seem to be one person. You think and so? Like they, yeah, they seem to link to each other very like aggressively, like or, or certainly like they are clearly part of the same related network. I don't hundred percent know how, but but they they seem to be. Um, there are a bunch of people who 
are doing this. There's one big network, and then there's a bunch of independent creators. I think that's what's happening. But I, I can't really draw a map of this. It's it's challenging. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I wouldn't be surprised if they've networked together. Like everything we've learned about any form of creator on the internet, like whether it be like weird magicians or like you know Facebook content drop shipping scams, they all seem to eventually realize that they can make more money and get more impressions together than not together. Yeah. I just found another email associated with one of these channels and I'm trying to get some information on it, but I'm not finding what I want from it. It's 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 one of those things where it, it sometimes when you get into this stuff you feel like, oh that I can see I can find the thing that they're hiding. It doesn't feel like they're hiding anything. They're just kind of doing it. And it's exactly what it looks like on the surface. Yeah, I, I think it's, I guess like my biggest, my biggest question and my biggest like concern with this kind of content is like kind of what you touched on, which is the exploitation element. Like if these guys have figured out that like they can build really crazy stuff in the woods and people will like watch it to a degree where they're making like absolutely like insane amounts of ad revenue, that's awesome. If it's some yeah. sort of like weird thing where they're not seeing like the money that they're making, like that would really bum me out. Like that would be horrible, you know? Yeah, that that's kind of what, the, yeah, that's very much the feeling, isn't it? It's like, if these guys are just doing this, this is great. If they're not doing it and it's someone else who's taking the money, it's like, ooh, less so. It's also interesting, like, how they use platforms, because for the most part, their videos, like, aren't actually doing that well on Facebook. They're dominating on YouTube, but they're not dominating anywhere else really i've seen a few of them actually even try to do uh tiktok and it's not really translating yeah they've got a couple of hundred thousand on facebook here and there but it's not the same yeah it's not the same same uh it's not the same impact oh oh hold on hold on i think oh, i might yeah? have something so there is another channel uh and this was uh, dug into in 2019 by Coconuts Bangkok. Okay. Uh, and they found a channel, uh, called, they were also convinced it was in Cambodia. They found a YouTube channel called Natural Life TV, which is basically, uh, a, a husband and wife team behind this, uh, a, a channel in which they cooked and ate exotic food. Uh, but that's not kind of like necessarily meaning, you know, snakes or something it's you know cassava and stuff like that um but that was kind of their thing they then sort of bailed a bit from this and created the stuff from mr hong but they made their stuff and they have a you know they have a camera they have a backyard where they do this stuff like it's a specific location rather than wait wait i think this is really interesting okay so so according to Okay, fascinating. So according to Coconuts Bangkok, they did a whole expose where they discovered that there was like a subgenre of YouTube videos where like children in Southeast Asia were eating animals in like outside in the woods. And the channels were the channel, uh, the main channel behind it was called Primitive Technology KH. And there were several other ones, including Primitive Boy and Primitive Wildlife, which seem to be using the same kind of like SEO stuff as the channels that we've been talking about, but they were using them 
like to be completely exploitative. So like there was one survivalist YouTuber that uh, was written about by Neck Shark that got like completely blasted for uh, skinning and eating exotic animals. Oh, Natural Life TV. So Natural Life TV is the one that yeah. like is super super controversial, and they seem to be connected to primitive technology KH, which was also based in Cambodia. Fascinating. So there's like a whole, there's a whole like quote unquote primitive living YouTube scene in Cambodia where all these channels are popping up based on the SEO from a few of these other, uh, I imagine from a few of these other um, channels. In fact, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so as, Co so as Coconuts Bangkok writes, what did seem clear is that the NLTV and other similar channels first cropped up amid a surge in interest in so-called primitive technology on YouTube. Several articles from 2018 described primitive technology videos such as a trend advertisers should know about and one primitive pool building video even made the platform's list of top trending videos in 2018. Picking back on that popularity would practically guarantee the platform's recommendation algorithm would deliver viewers. So th I think this is the missing piece that we've been sort of looking for is that like some of these channels probably are connected and like are working together, but the success of one created like dozens of imitators, which then led to like an entire weird exploitative content network where like children were being forced to like eat like exotic animals in the woods. However, those all those channels got uh, taken down like relatively no. soon after that. No, because Primitive Boy is still up. I'm looking at it. It's horrible. Really? Yeah, okay, primitive, uh, so primitive Boy has 1.2 million subscribers, and its last update was six days ago. Okay. So I want to be clear. Luke and I are not talking about these channels when we're talking about watching. I'm not talking about these channels. When I'm, ta I'm talking about the guys building pools. That That is my main interface with with this subgenre of, of of youtube this is fast but it is not impossible it is not impossible the two are related linked they're certainly using a lot of the same tricks wait there's more here hold on so the uh coconuts bangkok goes on so what exactly is going on here based on everything we've learned here's our best theory the original Australian primitive technology channel, which premiered in 2015, became massively popular with spikes in interest around 2016 and 2017, according to Google Trends. At some point, producers in Cambodia decided to try their hand at making similar videos and use the term primitive technology in their titles to exploit the popularity of the original. Many of the Cambodia-based channels first cropped up in early to mid-2018. These copycats were very similar to the Australian one, Coconuts Bangkok writes. But then that, uh, I guess, evolved into something like way more exploitative. And Coconuts Bangkok compares the like more horrifying ones to the Elsa Gate stuff, where like those children's videos started like producing more iterative and like exploitative content. And that seems to be what happened here. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I've got something. I've got something. All right, I'm gonna send you a video. Okay. Someone went into the the area where they built them and discovered what happened in the months afterwards. Okay, so this is called Primitive Tools slash Survival Builders, The Carnage Left Behind Exposed, and it's from a channel called Photo Expression. Uh, they, so the, the description reads, they call themselves survival something or primitive something and surf on a trend of building underground swimming pools, tunnels, and houses. 
At first, it's very impressive and entertaining until you find out their filming location. I, re I recently purchased two hectares of forest in the province of Siem Reap, and I had heard about this activity, but I was shocked to uncover the damage that they leave behind. And it's like footage of just like abandoned underground pools. No! No! Yeah. Oh, no. Because, okay, so I had, a, I, I had a huge question of like what happens to these pools that they build. Yeah, they're just abandoned. But also what you can tell is as you get partway through the video, there is significant amounts of drone. There are drones going over it. And you can see from the drones that all this stuff is built, you know, 50 yards from each other. Uh, they Whoa. clearly also use concrete and cement in places rather than kind of clay, which, you know, it's not that surprising that they're fake. Like, I would have assumed that. But obviously it means that previously untouched jungle now has just a load of cement in it for, for, for these YouTube videos. And as they go through, you can see more and more of these things, which are just slides that have been abandoned, pools that have been abandoned, all the stuff. Like, you could probably track this through. Like, if, if we had the time, we could probably track them through and figure out exactly which of these are working together on the basis that they're in the same place. No, so, okay, so I got, uh, I'm, I'm two and a half minutes into the, the, the photo expression video, and I noticed three locations used uh, in, in other channels. So like uh, the the secret underground temple swimming pool has like yeah. a very specific top to it with like little holes and the little holes you can see in, in one of these videos. And then also one of the slides that they build in one of the channels is like a blue slide that they like paint the clay of and it's like an above ground slide. And that is in this drone footage as well. So it, if this is to be believed, all of these channels are Connected in the sense that they're building like on top of each other, like within like a couple yards yeah. of each other. Wow. Effectively, this is a content farm that produces the same thing. Whether or not it's the same content farm or it's a bunch of content farms that have sprung up to do the same thing, to exploit a desire in american british and other western youtubers or youtube viewers rather to watch i don't know i'm gonna say again i think it plays into this kind of like the horrible noble savage trope they're exploiting it which i guess is good but they are doing it in a way that is producing this pretty unpleasant stuff and the result of that is yeah, they're just kind of fucking up an area of, of of rainforest. Or forest, I'm not sure if it's rainforest. So, all right, yeah, let's let, let's put this all together. Let's let, let's put this all together. So, an Australian guy starts like a very small-time channel in 2015 for primitive living. And it's like basically just like common sense life hacks that'll keep you alive if you like crash land in the woods or whatever. Yeah. And he stops because it actually gets too big. He's gone on to write books, but he actually – he had to – I read this during uh, during the research we did for this episode. He had to release a statement being like, I'm a normal guy. I don't live out in the middle of nowhere. I like I, – I eat meals at a table. I just do this for fun. And then he stopped <laughs> and he wrote books. And his name is John Plant, which is also hilarious. Yes. But he caused enough of an SEO surge that a bunch of channels all kind of based in Cambodia that apparently – all settled on the same like football field size area in the woods started 
trying to create iterative versions of this Australian guy's videos. The, the videos that the Cambodians started making were like more and more extreme and they kept like experimenting with like what the SEO wanted. So they've all eventually settled on the idea that like they should build really crazy pools underground. Yeah. Luxury, luxury that they've been following what people wanted and what people wanted was wild luxury, not interesting ways to make fire. Right. So they, they build like, like they build incredibly nice uh, tree houses and, and like crazy, like water slides and pool tables and, and, and all that stuff. And if you go through all these channels, you can see like, if not the same videos, at least the same ideas being used and passed back and forth. And we discovered in the course of recording this video that several of these channels are appear to be promoting each other's work on Facebook and elsewhere. So that there seems to be some sort of like uh, unofficial or, or, or loose affiliation there. And yeah, then semi-official link semi-official. Yeah. And then according to uh, an expose by coconuts, Bangkok in 2019, this like YouTube trend, this primitive living search results, uh, this primitive living search result caused a bunch of other channels to go even further with it. And those channels, which use the names Primitive Technology KH and uh, uh, Natural Life TV, started experimenting with like even more exploitative content. And they set up basically like a film studio out in the middle of nowhere to like film women like cutting the heads off pigs and like forcing little boys to eat like bugs and fish in the dirt. And several of those channels were banned, but a lot of them still haven't been banned. Uh, Primitive Boy, the one that Coconut ba Coconuts Bangkok highlights, has 1.2 million subscribers and updated this week. But as you discovered, Luke, most of these channels appear to just be leaving behind whatever they build, which isn't really as real as it seems, according to drone footage that we, you found. So I guess my question, like, should people watch these videos? Uh, well, in the sense that no one should ever use YouTube. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> Are these specific videos worse than most of the things being watched on YouTube? I don't know. I think probably not on the balance of things. I, 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 I find it really tricky because it, it seems increasingly to me like they are being produced out of those areas. Whether or not they're exploitative, I find it kind of hard to say without knowing a lot more about it. Like, I, It doesn't feel to me that there is a bunch of money like flowing out to, well, back to LA or whatever it is. Like They are probably getting the money from it, exactly how that money is being divided up by between whoever's doing the work. No idea. Is it real? Is it a content farm like everything else? Yes, it is. The only thing we know, the only thing we know for sure is they are, some of them are outsourcing the Facebook promotion for their channels to a place in Thailand or a place in Singapore. We know that's happening, but beyond that, we don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'm scratching my head a lot with it because I, I, I find it very, I find it really hard to, if they basically, if the, if, if they were doing it in, I don't know, uh, a national park in the U S or, the Lake District or something, I'd feel probably differently about it. But where they're doing it, they all seem to be basically keeping it in the same football field-sized area and making a load of money, which I kind of can't condemn them for. 
Yeah. If that I is mean, what's happening. It's interesting to me because like, like, I, okay. So part of me is like, okay, the fact that like a bunch of YouTubers in Cambodia have figured this out, I think it's like kind of cool. I think it's like kind of interesting that like, like these creators have realized this is a thing they can do easily or at least well enough that they can keep doing it. And the amount of views that they're getting are insane. It's like PewDiePie level traffic on some of these videos, like 63 million views, right? That's a lot. So if, if Cambodian creators are making this money and they're keeping this money, that's cool to me. Now, the idea that they're leaving behind cement bags and beer cans and garbage and like the remnants of their projects in the woods that is then being sold to like people, like that is bad. I think we can all agree that's bad. But at the same time, yeah. I want to make sure that we're not like holding these Cambodian creators to a standard that we're not holding. Like, like no one's like, like, yeah, people get mad at American YouTubers all the time, but no one's like American YouTubers are making a mess and not, and not like, like when an, uh, when an American YouTuber goes out to the middle of nowhere and blows up a car, like no one's like upset that like, well, maybe I guess they are upset. No one should be littering. But at the same time, like, do you understand what I'm rambling here with? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tricky because it, it we're trying to figure out and we're trying to assess whether or not we're mad at them for being kind of a content farm. And like the concept of content farm in itself is very cynical, but I feel a lot less bad about them being cynical than I would Logan Paul being cynical, whatever it is. Yeah. I but think that's it, what at I'm the same at. time. Yeah. At the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, they're also causing a mess. And like, I'm, I don't know. I'm annoyed at, at them for causing a mess as I would be for Logan Paul. I'm less, much less annoyed at them for being a content farm than I am at Logan Paul, I think. Which yeah. I think says a lot about kind of how mad I am about like, mm, you're doing bad things to the environment, how mad I am for just people being cynical about content. Turns out I'm mainly mad at people for being cynical about content. Yeah, I guess like the thing is like, like, like you hear this a lot with like climate change stuff where it's like we're holding developing countries to a standard where they have to do something about climate change when the majority of the climate change is being caused by like four countries in the global North. Right. And it's like yeah. the fact that like creators in the global South are reacting to algorithmic whims that are set in San Francisco or wherever. Like I, I want to like hold them to task and be like, they should not be destroying like large sections of the Cambodian wilderness for YouTube traffic. But at the same time, like this would never have happened if YouTube had, you know, kind of thought through how their algorithm creates iterative content on a global level. What you what YouTube have essentially done is they have outsourced the process of outsourcing. <laughs> they, have, they have outsourced the concept of outsourcing to their viewers and their users. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, why are we ag like why are we agonizing over whether or not we give Mr. Heang views when like YouTube should be the one agonizing over like creating the system that like he's exploiting to get some money you know exactly exactly well i feel like we solved enough of that that i feel comfortable saying that this was a investigation well done and uh i am just as conflicted and confused about my love of these channels as i was when we started but i do feel like i have a clearer picture of how this is all happening so that's good yeah yeah hey luke have you consumed any content to stay sane this week
Uh, yeah, uh, I watched the second series of Cheer, which I think has the most interesting depiction of the post-viral moment I've ever seen. The second season of what? Cheer on Netflix. Cheer? Like cheer? Cheer. Like, like, cheer, like cheerleading. Yeah, the cheerleading show. Huh. I finished Yellow Jackets, so I think we're both going to be talking about teenage girls in, in this segment. Sure. If you want to listen to that, you can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the content minds. Uh, and that's where this segment will continue. So thank you guys for supporting the show. If you want to go listen to uh, our content to consume to stay sane segment, you can go check it out on patreon.com slash the content minds. And Luke, I'm very proud of us for solving a low stakes mystery about a content network and actually following through on our plan to do something that we set out to do last week. I mean, I think we're still going to come back to it in a year or so and figure out if there's any more that's happened. Yeah, if anyone listening to this has any leads on this, let us know. I think we got to like, you know, a satisfying explanation for some of the stuff that's going on, but I'm definitely curious exactly how deliberate all this stuff is and who's making the money. I want to follow the money on the Cambodian Primitive Living Content Network. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. That is the dream. All right. Actually, if we can get enough, if we, we should do a Patreon stretch goal where if we make a certain amount of money, we can go to Cambodia and solve this question for ourselves. Yeah. This could be our version we of can. that Reply All episode that everybody always talks about. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. All right. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Oh, wait. Before we go, uh, uh, leave a comment on podcast apps in the form of uh, you complimenting an incredible pool that we just built. Yes. Great. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Can you hear that storm? That's a crazy storm. I can't hear the storm, but I am slightly worried that you guys can hear the foxes having sex in my back garden. Oh, is that happening again? I mean, it never stops happening because I live in London. But just right before we started, it was quite loud. So if anyone does hear a lot of screams in the background of this, it's probably the foxes. Okay, I'm going to put that somewhere in our episode as an Easter egg. Thank you. Little, okay, <laughs> so... um.